Distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fourth annual Capital Link Singapore Maritime Forum and the Singapore Maritime Week 2022. I hope you'll find this week's event stimulating. Now, as the world emerges from the worst of the COVID-19 pandemic, I was asked to take stock of Singapore's position as an international maritime centre and share our plans for the voyage ahead. Singapore is not just a maritime hub. We are also an aviation hub, a global financial hub, a trading hub, and in short, is a hub of hubs. This synergistic ecosystem and our strategic position as a gateway between the East and the West makes Singapore a pro-business home for many companies. Leveraging on these endowments, we had focused on developing a vibrant international maritime centre since the early 2000s. Today, we are home to more than 170 international shipping groups, host to a wide array of maritime service providers and a launchpad for promising firms in the maritime innovation and sustainability space. Our Singapore Registry of Ships is among the world's largest registries, the top five globally. Now this year, we celebrate the 50th, 50th anniversary of Singapore's container port. Over half a century, we have grown to become the world's largest transshipment hub and the top bunkering hub. We are also doing our part during the pandemic for global supply chain. Thanks to our tripartite partners and frontline workers, the Port of Singapore has remained open 24-7. Our marine services such as ship supplies, harbour crafts, bunkering and ship repairs continue to operate. We even went above and beyond, helping to play the role of a catch-up port. Unfortunately, disruptions are not behind us. In the near term, already freight global supply chains remain under stream. Now, first, we have the Ukrainian crisis, which continues to exacerbate the supply chain challenges. It has disrupted energy, grain and fertilizer supply chains, as well as added pressure to container shipping. Because goods previously transported between Asia and Europe via railways are now rerouted via sea. It has also jeopardized the safety and well-being of many innocent seafarers. Next, we have congestion and vessel delays at major ports, which remain a concern. Shortage of port workers, truck drivers have reduced inland transport capacity and port productivity. Yet, international trade and global supply chains are here to stay because they are just too critical to ignore. Maritime Singapore is firmly committed to remaining open to businesses and complementary talent from around the world. Despite COVID-19, more than 40 maritime companies have set up or expanded operations in Singapore in the last two years and we are in discussions with a few more organisations. My team at MPA takes this responsibility seriously. We'll continue to help our maritime partners grow and build resilience to prepare for any next disruption that will come our way. Now, let me speak more about the transformation for growth. Our connectivity, openness and stability will help us tackle the maritime sector's long-term challenges and opportunities together. I'm sure all of you would agree that maritime is transforming faster than we ever imagined. Now, recently, I went on board Energy Observer, the world's first hydrogen-powered and zero-emissions yacht, and the team is already working on a hydrogen-fueled cargo vessel. The visit left me inspired because the future of maritime is not in 2050, it is already here. So earlier today, at the Singapore Maritime Lecture, Singapore's Deputy Prime Minister, Mr. Heng Sui Kiet, launched the refreshed Sea Transport Industry Transformation Map, or the ITM. If we factor the latest developments over the last two years, this ITM will guide Maritime Singapore efforts to grow through transformation. Allow me now to elaborate on the four key priority areas, innovation, sustainability, services, and talent. First, innovation. Innovation, technology adoption, and digitalization, they're occurring at a rapid pace. 
Solutions such as drones, additive manufacturing, and electronic documentation are creating very exciting opportunities. So gone are the days when outsiders can accuse the maritime sector of being traditional or backward. And Singapore, MPA, is supporting this industry's effort by building an enabling and collaborative, innovative ecosystem. We set up Pier 71. Objective is to nurture marine tech startups using technology to solve the industry's challenge statements. To accelerate solution development, we also set up test bedding facilities and living labs. So for example, we have set up the Maritime Drone Estate and it has already seen more than 200 flights in the past year. We are also bringing in venture capital funds and facilitating marine tech companies' international growth and we want to help them scale up. Through these efforts, we aim to increase the startup supported by MPA fivefold to 150 by 2025. Second pillar, sustainability. Now, Singapore must work with our global maritime partners on this common global challenge. And that is why Singapore, we laid out our maritime decarbonisation strategies and priorities through the Maritime Singapore Decarbonisation Blueprint 2050, which was launched just last month. Now, MPA will commit additional funds of at least $300 million in support of these efforts. We are a top bunkering hub, and as such, we will facilitate the industry's multi-fuel transition. We have already begun LNG bunkering and biofuel bunkering trials. MPA is also supporting efforts to develop the standards, infrastructure, and supply chain for cleaner fuels such as methanol and ammonia. More can certainly be done, so we welcome more partners to join us on this journey. To me, a key missing ingredient to accelerating maritime decarbonisation is actually green finance. So this brings me to the third pillar on services. On the front of services, we know that there are more than 100,000 merchant vessels plying our sea lanes. As maritime companies decarbonize, there will be strong demand for financing to support technology development and green transitions. This represents a very significant opportunity for capital-seeking green investment opportunity. We have also seen that financial institutions are actually interested in providing green ship finance. Let me give you an example. Hafnir Limited, member of Singapore-based BW Group, they have secured a USD 375 million sustainability-linked term loan and a revolving credit facility in 2021. It's actually structured by a syndicate of 10 banks across Singapore, Asia, and Europe. And this financing supports Hafnir's effort to decarbonize their fleet through new technologies and efficiency improvements. So we in Singapore, we have ambition to become the green ship finance hub of Asia. We will do so by bringing together the demand and the supply for green ship financing. Together, we can identify suitable areas and projects which will mitigate the technology and regulatory risks involved. We will also aim to do so inclusively, such that maritime companies of all sizes can try to realize their decarbonization goals. And as we transform, the sector will also become more complex. Dispute resolution that's neutral, cost-effective, and sensitive to industry trends could actually become a critical enabler in navigating the industry's changes. Here we have SCMA, the Singapore Chamber of Maritime Arbitration, and its offerings of arbitration services, which can make Singapore the preferred location for maritime dispute resolution. So there is a huge growth potential in Singapore for green ship finance, maritime law, and other maritime services. And I look forward to continuing this conversation at the Maritime Services Leaders Forum this Thursday. Finally, talent. What Maritime Singapore has achieved so far and what we hope to achieve in the future cannot be done without good people who have the right skills. Now, through the recent publication of Set Sail, 
a Maritime Manpower Guidebook, MP has reiterated our commitment to support maritime companies in attracting talent into the sector for both shore-based and seafaring jobs, in nurturing our workforce in preparation for the jobs and skills of tomorrow, and in transforming our maritime workplaces to become more competitive employers. Now, in conclusion, I just want to say that I'm very excited about the developments we are seeing in the sector, and more importantly, Singapore's role in nudging the future of innovation, sustainability, services, and talent. So thank you, CapitalLink, for your continued support of Singapore Maritime Week and inviting me to make this speech. Please feel free to attend any of the FMW events throughout the week and have a really enlightening discussion ahead. Thank you very much.